Father, we invite you here. We invite you here, God. We ask you to do what only you can do. Father, I pray that you'd encourage and motivate and strengthen people today. Father, we pray that your hand would be here. Lord, we set ourselves aside and we say, speak to us, Lord. Lord, we thank you, God, that you are good. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said? Amen. Amen. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, if you would. We're going to do a few things here. Um, we're going to do an ordination for an amazing couple. Um, but I want to say a few words before we do that. Then we're going to bring them up. We're going to have the elders come around them. And we're going to pray for them. And we're going to um, just commit them to the Lord. And it's going to be a beautiful time. And then at the end, if we have time, I'm going to share a few points. Does that sound good? All right. So let's go to, let's go to 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19. Are you there? I'm getting there. How many had too much sleep last night? No one raised their hands. <laughs> you, you had your hand up, Mark? <laughs> oh, okay. Praise God. Hey, how many have been enjoying this weather? This is the craziest thing. After the snow fell last year, remember... You guys remember that? We had a few inches of snow last year. I think it snowed once or twice a day. We were out there. I was out there plowing with my little four-wheeler, my little plow, you know. And I have, if, if you haven't been to our house, we have a long driveway. It's, it's a long driveway. So we would get snow, and then I would say, oh, hallelujah, thank you, Father, for this snow. It's so good. And I'd get out there and I'd plow, and then I would get it cleaned off, and I'd put everything away, and then the plow truck would come by. And I'd say, oh, thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you for teaching me patience. I think it snowed almost every day last winter. All we had left on each shovel was just a handle. the craziest thing so we bought a, a larger plow uh, rig this year and I got it all ready I said oh thank you father and I haven't used it once <laughs> so now I'm ready but I have no mission so oh well all right We don't have any snow because I bought that. That's right, Dwayne. Buy a snowmobile next year. Uh. <laughs> so then I bought an ice shack. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> How many have been out on the ice? Yeah, just a couple. How many fell through the ice? What a crazy, what a crazy winter. I, I watched... Um, 
our friends uh, Merle and Ginger Newland, they had posted a, an article or a, a broadcast of a news report, and it showed the snow that they received. I mean, it was, it was about like that. <laughs> and they were kind of horrified, you know, on the report of this. And I think they've had more snow than we have in Oklahoma. It's so crazy. All right. Let's turn there to, um, in our Bibles, to 1 Kings 19. And this is where uh, Elijah... Uh, is running from, we see the whole story of, of Jezebel, and then we go on. That's not where I wanted. I missed. Give me one second here. First Kings. Give me a second. Nineteen nineteen. Hold on. Okay. There it is. Yes, you're right. Nineteen nineteen. I had the wrong chapter now. So nineteen nineteen, thank you. Here's a story where Elijah, you guys remember Elijah? He was a very powerful prophet of God. Remember that? He called down fire. How many have called down fire on someone? I love the disciples. They're walking with Jesus. And, you know, they know these stories. They're having fun. And Jesus is raising the dead and doing miracles. And, and they go into a city and, and they're struggling with sin in that city. And and, and the, the loving, graceful disciples said, Lord, shall we call down fire upon them? <laughs> the Lord, and the Lord's like, no, oh, how long do I need you? <laughs> it's not the way of the gospel, amen? But Elijah was a powerful prophet, and the priests of Baal stood against him. We see that whole thing. And he calls down fire, and it's a powerful statement to the nation to get right with God again. Get back to the basics. Get back to the, get back to the creator. Amen? Get back to that. And then we see that uh, Elijah goes through those things with, with um, Jezebel and all those. And then he gets all done with that. God is moving in his life again. Powerful things are happening. And then he says this. He says, go and find Elisha. Go and find Elisha. And so he does. He goes and he finds Elisha. And here's Elisha. Elisha was a wealthy man. He had all the equipment for a large farm. He had all these oxen. He had everything he needed in life. He was fine. You ever been there? He was fine. And then this prophet walks in front of him one day. He's out plowing. And the prophet comes out and he, he takes his jacket, they call it a mantle, and he throws it in front of him. 
And at this moment, life began to change for Elisha. Because he had everything he needed. He had the skills. He had the abilities to make it through life. But I think there was a deep desire hidden in Elisha's heart all these years when he would hear about Elijah and he would hear the stories of the Old Testament. And he, there was this inner prompting on the inside of Elisha. And even though life was good and he could have just went through life like he was, Elijah, God sent a man of God to go in front of him and he throws his mantle. And at that moment, Elisha has to make a decision what he's going to do. Am I going to follow the plan of God? Am I going to follow the plan of God, which I'm not so sure was what is out there? We walk by faith, not by sight. In other words, sometimes you don't know what he's going to call you to do, but you have to do it. Amen? So he's, he's fine. He probably had the nicest outfitted camel. Spinners on each leg, you know. But he had it, he had it going on. He, he was fine. He was fine. I'm sure his family was proud of him. I'm sure that he was a diligent worker. He was fine. And Elijah came, throws his mantle in front of him. And now he's faced with a choice. Remember the rich young ruler? It's the same picture, only different. What are you going to do? Throws his mantle. There it is. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus. Jesus says, he, the young, rich young ruler says, what do I need to do? And I believe that Jesus was going to bring him on as a disciple. And he says, I've kept all the commandments. He says, that's good. He says, go sell all that you have. He didn't tell everybody this, but he said that to him because that was in his heart. He was a self-made man. He said, you're going to have to die from that and then come and follow me. And the Bible says he turned away sadly. He turned away. I wonder how many times when he was out by a lake, he thought of that moment and thought only, what if? if what if I would have made that hard choice? What if, if I would have surrendered all those things? What if I would have followed Christ? What if, if I would have just did what he said to do and paid the price. So Elisha, there he is, self-made man. He's doing just fine, the respect of the community and friends. And here comes old burly Elijah. Sometimes we cry out to God for opportunities and then when he gives them to us, what are we going to do? So Elijah throws his mantle, and Elisha looks at him, and we know the story. He chooses to go with Elijah. He goes, he slaughters his oxen. They have a big old barbecue, hallelujah. Norman uh, showed up. I don't know if he's here today. Brisket for everyone. They were so glad he took the call of God. He takes on the calling of God, and then he goes through a mentorship 
for a number of years. And it doesn't seem to make sense because he was a self-made man. He was in charge. He was the man. He was a, a very, uh, you know, I think he was known in that region. He had a big farm. Your animals many times were the symbol of wealth. He was affluent. And now the Bible says that he was known as he followed Elijah as the man that washed the hands of Elijah. His reputation went that way. So God could bring him that way. There's a series of tests that we go through that Elisha went through when he accepted the call of God. And not all of those things made sense. God brought him through a season of miracles. He brought him through a season of training. He brought him through a season of choices. And each time he passed the test, he got closer and closer to receiving the fullness of the mantle that he was aspiring and his yes brought him one step closer each time until finally when Elijah ascended, he said, if you watch me go up, he said, you can have the double portion. Isn't that good? Yeah. Obedience always carries rewards. I, I don't care if you're rich or you're poor, what background you have, where you're from. When we know Christ... And we walk in obedience. There's great reward in that. You guys okay? <clears throat> so Elijah says, if you watch me go up, then you can have it. And even at the end, when Elisha goes up, the Bible says he went up in a whirlwind and a chariot goes by. And it's easy to get sidetracked and to follow the, the signs and wonders, the, the chariot. But he kept his eye on the one who God put in front of him to train him until he was gone. And the mantle came down, and he put it on. And I love the story, because he's seen with his own eyes. He watched his mentor heal, raise the dead, what else did he do? All kinds of miracles. So he says there, it says that he took off his garments and he put on new garments. When he received that mantle, he took off the old and he put on the new. And he took that mantle and he walks over to the, the brook there. There's a small river. And the Bible says he immediately struck the waters and it split. In other words, we're always going to be in training, but there's a time to now walk in the authority God called you to walk in. And it was time. It wasn't time to be marvelous in his own eyes. It was time to rule a nation. It was time to bring order back to a nation, to a people. And God raised him up so he could be a blessing to help the nation. Isn't that good? You guys okay? All right, so 
when we look at commissioning someone to the Lord in ministry, we have to recognize that the gift is not from man. You can go to Bible college. Now, you guys have been studying a lot. Uh, you, you entered uh, Bible college uh, two years ago, and that's been going well. And Sarah just knows the Bible inside and out, so, you know, she is a Bible college. But you can have all the degrees that you want in life, all the degrees. But the calling comes from God. Ephesians 4.11 says, And he himself, who did? God. He himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. That God in his infinite wisdom, he's the one that created the world, he's the one that, that created the ocean, the fish, chihuahuas, everything. My wife had an x-ray one time of her chest, and on the inside of her chest, there was an outline of a chihuahua. <laughs> the Bible says he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers, that God himself selected different individuals and said, that one is going to be my minister. God chose Samuel. If you remember, and God, uh, he chose Samuel through his mother Hannah. And, and Samuel would spend time next to the Ark of the Covenant. He would sleep there. And he learned how to get close to God. And he, through that close walk, he began to hear the voice of God. And God handpicked Samuel to change a nation. And the same is in the New Testament, the same is in the church age today, that God handpicks individuals. <clears throat> they have an anointing from God, but they also have a higher responsibility than others. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask in the Father in my name, he will give you. But God chose individuals, and he chose you too. Every one of us has a ministry and a mission. Amen? Amen. Just say this. Say, I am called of God. To be a blessing to my family and to my community. Amen. Every single one of us. But there is the fivefold ministry that God does handpick individuals. Ephesians 4, is a, I read this before, but uh, it is, it's a gift. Ministers are a gift of God to the body of Christ. They're a gift from God to the body of Christ. And we need to understand that. Number two, the impartation of blessing 
comes through the laying on of hands. There's a blessing that happens, and that will happen today. When the church agrees and the elders lay their hands, there's a blessing that comes from God through the laying on of hands. Jacob imparted a blessing to Ephraim and Manasseh, Joseph's sons through the laying on of hands. Paul made it a uh, regular practice to lay hands upon people, commissioning them into the ministry. In ministry, there are three phases that happen biblically. Number one, there's the private calling of God. That's a private time. Some of you have been called to be a cell leader. Some of you have been called to be a teacher in the church. Some of you have been called to different things. But it's a private call, and no one can put the call there but God. How many have ever felt the calling of God? I sure have. I think a number of people here. God's called you to do all kinds of things. And it's unshakable. And, and you have to, sometimes you war within yourself. Am I qualified? Could you really be asking me to do this? God qualifies the willing. Amen? God often takes people that are unqualified and he puts them through a process to qualify them <clears throat> and in that process we see an unveiling of the diamond that was in the person the whole time that they didn't see at the beginning God sees what others don't remember with Samuel when he went to see Saul remember that <clears throat> I'm sorry Saul went to see Samuel and he went to go find donkeys. And Samuel prophesies over him and says, you're the one that all Israel's waiting on. And he says this, he says, me? I'm of the least of them. I'm a nobody. And he begins to prophesy over him uh, that he is going to be a king and he's going to be a ruler and that he needs to spend time with the prophets. And as he does that, his heart will change and he'll begin to prophesy. And it says that he went and did that. He spent time with the prophets. And as he began to prophesy, God gave him a new heart. Isn't that good? But Saul, unfortunately, as the years went on, he stopped meeting with the prophets and he started trying to please the people. It didn't go so well. So there is the laying on of hands that is a commissioning and there's the, the private calling, say private calling. And that is between you and God. I remember when I was just a young man, I was just a, a kid actually, I started feeling the call of God and it, it, I didn't understand it. I just wanted to be a regular kid and go play. And I was captivated by God's stories and I was captivated by, you know, when people would talk about Jesus, I was captivated by that. I had a desire to be around ministers, even though they were, you know, older, and I was just a young person. They were going to start a position for me. It was called junior elder when I was just a junior high kid or in high school, because I, I wanted that. There was something in me that didn't make sense. So they were going to just have fun with me and allow me to come once in a while. That was a long time ago. About 10 years ago. 
But there's the inward calling of God that is unexplainable. And everyone that's called has a different story. But I felt this, this pull towards the Lord, toward, towards serving. And I remember fasting and praying and, and trying to, to get the will of God when I was just out of high school. And, and I would spend time at the lake down there and I'd walk the shoreline and I'd pray and I'd fast, pray and fast. And my other friends were out there, you know, partying, doing all kinds of things. And I was like, I know it, all that has an attraction to it. I know it's wrong, but I just need to find God. And I'd fast and pray, fast and pray, fast and pray. And I remember I, I walked into the back of the restaurant that I was working in. There was a hallway, and I'm walking in this hallway. And then I turn right, and then there's a kitchen, and there's the restaurant place where you sit. And I was walking down that, high, that hallway after I fasted and prayed for probably a month, month and a half. I walked down that hallway and the voice of God spoke to me out of the corner of the hallway. I shook like this. And he said to me, he said, go to IBC. That's all he said. That was enough. I went home. I packed. Within a few weeks, I was gone to Texas. The inner calling of God doesn't always make sense to the people around us. But if we listen to it and we give heed to God... He will begin to build his plan. Say amen. amen. The inward call of God is powerful. It's there. It's a real thing. And you can shut it off. You can. You can resist the Holy Spirit. So there's the inward call of God... Then there's the time of mentorship, where all of us, if we feel called of God, we need to be mentored. How many believe that ministers need to be mentored? Amen. Say amen to, amen to that. And when I was ordained and my mentoring was over, I had everything I needed. <laughs> From then on, my wife said, you are perfect. There's the inward, say inward call. inward call. There's the inward call. And that's the same with cell leaders, too. They start feeling that. I need to lead men. I need to win men in our community. But there's the inward call. And it's real and it's there. People talk about it. Even in different denominations, they, they feel that call. And then there's the time of mentoring. Say mentoring. We need to be mentored. All of us need to be mentored. You know that today, I was just reading some statistics on the different uh, classifications, the different age groups. There's Generation Z. There's Generation what? X. There's the Millennials. Raise your hand if you're a Millennial. All right. Hello, <laughs> A very wise, anointed antique. Thank you very much. That's right. The one thing that this new generation wants, the ones that are in college right now, 
the one thing that they want is they want a mentor and they want a deep relationship. Isn't that something? They cry out for that. So there's the private calling, and then there's the time of mentorship, that God will take an individual or individuals, and he will place them in a place to begin to mentor them, develop them, hone their skills. And here's a trick. The, the more humble we are and we allow God to shape us, the quicker the process. The more we resist the hand of God, the longer the process. It's like clay on a wheel. You ever feel like you guys were like clay on a wheel? You know, and there's, it, when the clay fights the hands, you know what they do? They, they cut it off the wheel. They put it back in the water for a while. Then they start working it. And then they begin to mold again. I've just found that it's better in life to just listen to God. Let him mold me. Let him rebuke me. Good Lord. You ever had a good rebuke? And you were all like prideful. And then later you're like, oh, that was, that was probably good for me, you know. That was, that, was, that was good for me. I don't want people to know that, but it was good for me. All right. So there's the inward call. And then there's the season of mentoring. And in the season of mentoring... This is where people in the body of Christ begin to notice that there is a divine calling in the person's life. Some people venture out in ministry on their own, and it's not the way of God. It's not the way of God. A lot of the people that venture out on their own, is, they're filled with church hurt. Church hurt. Or they were hurt by an authority somewhere. So they always have their own ministry, and they're popping up here, and they're popping up there, and they never have any fruit. But every time they venture out, they're going to change the world. But nothing ever happens because it's not the way of God. The way of God is an inward call. The way of God is a time of mentoring. And the body of Christ begins to recognize the call of God on that individual. And then the, it brings you to the third point where it's the public commissioning. In the New Testament, there was a public commissioning. There was a call, there was mentoring, and then the body of Christ, the leadership, came together and they publicly laid hands upon them and they publicly commissioned them with the authority of the church of God to go into ministry. Then at that point, the blessings of God come. There's an anointing that comes. And the body of Christ recognizes them as leaders in the, in the church publicly. Say publicly. It's a powerful thing. It's not a small thing. It's a big deal. God changes the world through the church. He died to save you and I to build the church to be His force to change the world. There's no secret agents. We follow the way of God. It's a public commissioning. There's a public anointing. There's a public authority conferred. So the church then has two things that they need to do. They need to pray. They're, they're there also to commission with the leaders. 
but then they also have to respect what God is doing. Amen? You guys okay? So an impartation came through the laying on of hands, is what the Bible says. There's actually a, a transference, there's an anointing that comes, a commissioning that comes through the laying on of hands. 1 Timothy 3.1 says, This saying is true and, in, and irrefutable if any man seeks the office of a bishop or a minister, an elder, a pastor. He desires an excellent task. Galatians 2.9, it says, Those esteemed as pillars give me, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace of given to me. He's saying there was a grace from God that was brought upon the individual. There's a grace that comes on an individual when the leaders lay hands on them. You guys okay? Here's, here's the book of Titus. Go ahead and turn to the book of Titus. Titus chapter 3. Just kidding. Titus 1, there's only one, right? Four. Okay, I'm just messing. T Titus 1, it says, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking, and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. So he's commissioning him to go work with the churches and raise up anointed leaders of God to put them in the house of God. You guys okay? He says, if a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not a, accused of dissipation and insubordination, for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent. Wow, this is quite a list. Not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable. How many would agree that that's a pretty important characteristic if you're going to be a minister? <laughs> to be able to invite people into your home, to go and have a meal with them, to love on people, to, to be able to shower people with the love of God. A lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convict who? What? Amen. So, the Bible says here that there are characteristics that need to be in a person's life. There are characteristics. Do you both feel called of God? Would you guys agree that they carry the fruit of the Lord? 
Are they hospitable? How many weeks in the last two years has there been where you haven't had someone in your home? (laughs) That's right. You guys are always serving, ministering, being a blessing. Being a blessing. So what I'd like to do is we're going to confirm the inner call of God. They both have been gone, going through a lot of public, uh, they've been going through a lot of mentoring, mm-hmm. a lot of serving. And now today, we're going to have them come forward. And the elders, the pastors and the elders are going to pray for a commissioning. And then we're going to have the body stretch out your hand and to bless them. Are you guys ready for that? All right. I'd like uh, Mike and Sarah, if you guys would. I'd like you to just come right over here. Right in the front. Need to get used to the front. I believe that God is going to release some prophetic words today, too. That's important. So those that are gifted, I think God is already stirring. I need the elders to come up here. And pastors. Amen. So we love Mike and Sarah. We respect them. We see what God has been doing in their life? Do you both feel like you've had an inner call? How old were you when you felt that call? Twenty? Okay. Twenty years old. It's just been there. Probably didn't know what to do with it. You rejected it. Okay. I've accepted, rejected, accepted, rejected 8,000 times, so, you know, you only have one, so. Uh, Mike, how old were you when you started feeling that? You were a lot older? In your 30s, okay. Amen. Yep. But it's it's a real thing, and you know that he's called you. Amen. I agree with that. Amen. That's good. All right, so what we're going to do, we're going to pray. And uh, just allow the Holy Spirit to bless you guys. The elders are going to anoint you with oil and commission you into the ministry here. We're going to ordain you. And uh, we're just going to take turns, and you guys can just start praying. So let's, uh, let's anoint them with oil first. Go ahead and just take some. You want that on your fingers? There you go. Mark, if you would pray while we do this, this part, that would be great. Whatever the Lord leads. First of all, this week, Father, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for an anointing to come. 
mission them in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. Your life will never be the same from this moment on. There it is. This week I was in El Paso. Thank you, Jesus. And I knew that this was, uh, the service was going to come this week and, or there. And I asked the Lord if he had anything to share with them. And I felt like I did get something. Um, I had a dream Friday morning, <laughs> believe it or not. And there was this couple that were parents, and they inherited a farm from their parent. And the land was good. There was a basement, which is a foundation. And I saw the outline of the house, but the house wasn't built yet. And what I think that is, is I think Pastor Bob and Pastor Shar are your spiritual parents. But you are also parents. And you have young, and you're going to have more young. And that they really helped you get this thing going, but you're going to have to do something too. It's not just going to be up to them. And then this morning I had a dream that you were going up to get, you weren't going north, which, you know, you live in Chippewa and this is Rice Lake, so that's north. So I think you were going to get some uh, composted manure, actually, <laughs> for organic fertilizer. And uh, I'm like, well, what does that mean? And one thing is you were going north, you know, it was going to help your crops to even grow. They were growing good, but they were going to even grow better. And it was going to help your crops to even grow better. And I think the north is like you're still going to be connected to this church, even if you guys are down there. But then I was thinking, and then Sam kind of helped me with uh, his little thing. I'm like, what does the manure mean? And it's kind of like we give God our manure, and he makes it into, like, beautiful fertilizer. So, like, whatever you have manure, like if someone said something bad about you or hurts or whatever, just give it to God, and he'll make things to even grow better. And there's one other thing I'd like to share with you is that I've gone to this church for over 36 years, and I remember specific, you know, people like in your situation where it's been prophesied, you know, to do it together, and that's what you're doing today. And Pastor Bob and Pastor Shar are like a great example of ministering together. And I believe that's what God's intent is. Hmm. And when we get away, if you read the first two chapters of Genesis, you know, God meant man and woman to work together as a team. And that's the best. And I think if you can do that, that will be the best. Because I know people that haven't done that, or otherwise they despot, you know, they, they were really ze zealous about ministry, but they neglected their wife or husband or didn't do it together, and they failed. And I don't think you guys are going to do that, so... Lord, we thank you for this couple. They're special. And we lay hands on them. And we pray a strength in them. We pray a prophetic revelation would come to them. That they would know the heart of God. We pray that they would take the, um, the, the manure that was sent to them. And you'd turn it into compost. And you'd turn it into something good to help crops grow. We pray that you bless them. We also pray for their family, that they would love the Lord and they would be joyful. And we pray even as they get involved in ministry, which they already are, that they would have time for each other as well and time for their family and that they wouldn't be neglected, but they would just be filled with joy and they would be filled with strength. And just thank you that I'm just, I feel privileged that I can be part of this today, this very special couple yes. in Jesus' name. So good. Jake. Oh, Mike and Sarah, 
grateful. First of all, we just love you as your church family. And like you guys said, you guys have felt this calling on you for a long time now. And I think all of us have probably foresaw this day coming for quite some time now. We've always known you've had a pastoral influence because the minute you guys started coming to church here, we were overrun by Chippewa and Eau Claire people, <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing. Amazing Chippewa and Eau Claire people. God bless you. <laughs> but what I really admire about you guys is that you guys have felt that calling for a long time, for years, but you didn't just sit on it. You did what kind of Nate talked about last night, and you took initiative with the calling God put on your lives and in the background, you've been preparing yourselves. You've been taking classes. You've been going to Bible college. You've been serving in different areas of the church mm -hmm. and serving in kids' ministry and learning how to do PowerPoint and seeing how the church operates from all different angles so that when this moment came and when God tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, it's time for you to go to the forefront now, you guys would be prepared and ready to seize your opportunity from the Lord. So I really admire you guys for that, and I've learned a lot from you guys about that. And I think that this is a holy moment right now. Yeah. I think this is the moment in 1 Samuel 16 when Samuel's anointing David. You know, this is a holy moment. This is a holy moment for us as a congregation. This is a holy moment for World Harvest, holy moment for you, holy for the whole Chippewa and Eau Claire region. And... As a member of this church family, I just feel blessed that from here on out, I can call you guys pastors. Wow. Amen. Amen. That's so good. So I've shared with you guys a little bit, but I just want to thank you, first of all, personally, for how much of an inspiration you've been. There's no way I would have been up there last night if it wasn't for you guys. You guys have just been, oh, seeing you guys up there when you started, it like, I had this box around myself and seeing you guys up there and just like stepping into obedience, it unlocks something in me. It's like, oh, Mike's up there. He, he's a mechanic and he's up preaching. I can do that. Like, it's just incredible. And secondly, I just, I just want to thank you for your faithfulness. You guys have driven down here twice a week. You're preaching so, so often. You're spending time with the Lord. You're, you're going to school. You're being a mom and a dad. You're preaching down in Chippewa. You're doing, you're moving in the kingdom of God. And I, I just feel like the Lord, I feel like the Lord is saying, you, like, you guys have been, you guys have been faithful in every single step of the way. I feel like he's saying, I feel like he's saying that um, every single thing that he's called you to do, you've stepped into and you've moved. And I feel like, I feel like, I just see him smiling on you. I, I, I see him saying, well done. You've been faithful. You've used every scrap of what I've given you. Now I'm calling you to more. So thank you. This is fun. I gave them the opportunity to run earlier, and they didn't. So, Sarah, you know what your name means, right? 
What does it mean? Yep, God's princess, noble woman, woman of high rank, and mother of nations. Right? And Michael, do you know what yours is? What is it? Yep, who is like God? Or a gift from God? So those, isn't it interesting how... You know, your parents named you probably just because it was a popular name back then, you know. But in reality, they were calling you a gift from God. And they were calling you mother of nations. And this goes along with Mark's, Mark's word is that God himself has placed the call in you guys. I love how he uses imperfect people. I'm so thankful that he chooses imperfect people because I would never be here. I know you guys all think I'm perfect. I don't want to bust your bubble. No. Um, but it's true. He doesn't use perfect people. He, perf he perfects us as we walk in obedience. And um, so, anyways, I do believe that your names, Mother of Nations, and gift from God or who is like God, it is a gift that you guys are. You will walk in in that. You will see many kids you know, you won't have any more kids, so hallelujah. No, yeah, no more kids. But you're going to have lots of spiritual kids, <clears throat> lots of them and lots of spiritual grandbabies. But the, the mark that you guys are leaving on the people that you say yes to um, is going to be seen in heaven, and you may never see it here on earth. So I, I want to personally thank you guys for saying yes, for saying yes to, the, I remember the first time that you guys came, you sat over there. Right? You guys sat over there. I think Rachel and all, there's a bunch of them over there. And um, then we went to Culver's at one point. And I think you guys were, yeah, it was interesting. You guys are not the same people that you were when you came. How many years ago? <clears throat> Five years ago. Five is grace. Isn't that something? So you're stepping into the grace. God has a grace for you guys to walk in the calling. And that's beautiful. So anyways. Amen. We're just going to pray with the body, and then I think that the Lord is going to give at least one or two words. So I'd like you to stretch your hand out towards them. <clears throat> See, this is a very holy thing. This is the body recognizing what God has been doing. They've been prayed for by the elders. That's very biblical. And then it's the body also commissioning and blessing them. Lord, we thank you for this. Let's pray for them. Father, we pray for them. Lord, we pray the blessings of God to come upon them in this ministry, Father. We pray that giftings would begin to come. Lord, we pray that you would continue to mature them and build them and strengthen them. I pray that the wisdom of God would begin to fall upon them in a new way. A fresh anointing from God for signs, wonders, and miracles for the body of Christ and for the area. Lord, I pray that, that even though you're calling them to pastor, I believe that you're going to call them to, to fulfill other areas as well. Evangelism, prophetic, teaching, all these different areas. Father, we pray that you would bless them with a fresh anointing in these areas. And Lord, I pray that a... a a courageous spirit would come upon them to walk in their calling, to not hold back, but a courageous spirit to walk in the fullness of the calling of God. 
the Bible says the gift will make room for itself and will set them before important or mighty people. Father, we pray that you'd bring influence upon them. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray the blessings of God upon their home, upon their finances, upon their ministry. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Did you have a word? Okay, go ahead. When you first stood up here, I actually wrote it down. Um, I saw like a giant thing of oil just all over you, dropping on you. And then I saw butterflies, and there was this path, and it was golden. And the Lord is doing a new thing in your life, and he's laid the path out before you. And the future that he has for you guys is bright, and it's ready. And, and you, just, you just have to follow the path. It's all laid out before you. And I, I don't know, but I think there are some things that you've had some questions on. And it's, it, he's just going to reveal it. It's all laid out for you. That's right. So, God, I just thank you for that. I bless Sarah and Mike in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. That's good. Amen. You have a word? Okay. I could feel another one in the room, so go ahead. Yep. Mike and Sarah, I haven't had a chance to know you or to get to know you, but as I was praying, I sensed the Lord wanted to say something to you, Mike. You know, I saw you, and you were going through some things in your life, and you were saying, God, what do I really have to give? And, and all I've got is my heart. All I've got is my heart. I just give you my I love you, and I, I want to give that to you so that you can use it to bless others. So you, because you're the one who's made my heart big. You're the one who's changed me. You're the one who's done this. And I just sense that this has been the prayer of your heart, that you, you just gave it to God. And you know, in the scripture it says that Saul was chosen because he was small in his own eyes. And I just pray that you would always have that deep, inner heart for God and that you would be small in your own eyes but large in the Lord's eyes large in helping others large in encouraging others and uh, Sarah I saw um, <laughs> I saw you kind of look around and, and you were saying God what do I really have to give here and, and all of a sudden I saw young people just crowding around you just crowding around you they wanted to be near you, Sarah. They just wanted to be near you because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. <laughs> and things are going to happen that are going to boggle your mind just because you're near, just because you're near. Because you love God and it radiates. It radiates and you will, be cha you will change people just by being near. Amen. Amen. That's good. hearts? Do you see open minds? Do you see bodies that will do anything 
in service for the Lord? What do you see, saith the Lord, standing in front of you? I'm telling you today, I told you before, I am raising up my generals. People that will be firm in the gospel of Jesus Christ and they will be leaders of others. Examples stand before you what God is bringing into your life as the church of the living God. Never take the back seat, people. Never take the back seat. God is bringing you to the fore. Every one of you, every one of you, your giftings are being polished. I am polishing your gift. It's an individual thing, and it's entirely my gift to you. Use it wisely. Use it wisely, saith the Lord, because I can bless the giftings that are released into my hands and multiply and multiply and multiply, saith the Lord, and I will bring new things that you've never seen before in your own life, in the lives of those around you. Be ready for it, people. It's coming. Amen. Amen. It's on its way. Open your hearts. Release him. Allow him. Allow the Lord to work what he has ordained for your life and for every soul that you come in contact with. God is looking for people that will stand up and be bold for the kingdom of God and never to be afraid of the intimidation of the enemy. God is looking for people that are solid in their faith, will never give up, and will stand if, if they stand alone. God is calling people that will be totally, 100% committed. Amen. Amen. Um, if you're new with us, um, Elaine and Sheldon there, they had a ministry in the Philippines for many years, a Bible college, and they have pastors that stretch through that whole region, so we love them and appreciate that word. Amen. Amen. I just want to pray for you guys one more time. Just, I just want to wait on the Lord and not rush this. Father, we just thank you, Father. Lord, as you were reminding me as I was standing over there um, about the vision of the church, and I'd seen the Lord saying, I'm going to refine, and I'm going to, in regards to the, the, the cells and reaching, discipling, I'd seen the Lord say, I'm refining, I'm strengthening you. I heard the Lord say, I'm giving you wisdom, wisdom from above, wisdom from God, wisdom, wisdom. It's like a sharp axe. And I heard the Lord say that I shall bless you today and I shall begin the process, says the Lord, and I shall strengthen you. And Lord, I just see the Lord even saying, I'm going to add to you. So, Father, we just entrust them. We thank you for all that you're doing, Lord. Strengthen them. Give them that wisdom. Bless them. Let a fresh anointing come and a new authority. We thank you, Father. We love them and we bless them now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.